Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Short and Sweet Podcast, where we have conservation conversations about important environmental topics. Today, we're diving right into another wildlife speaker series. All right. Iowa is home to 28 different species of snakes. So choosing only one snake to sum up short and sweet for all of our listeners, I thought it was going to be difficult until I came across this curious snake. It seemed to have the most secretive foraging habits that are an incredible adaptation within their dangerously shrinking habitats. But I believe we might have an in on their little secrets to survival. The North American racer, the Kubler constrictor, is a huge, slightly intimidating snake. When uncoiled and slithering through tall grass, the average length is, is around 50 inches. With this striking black coloration all along the top of its back, it fades into this emerald green as it goes down the side of the body and melts into this perfect porcelain yellow that covers the whole underbelly, even up and around the chin. The black coloration leads for many to misidentify the North American racer as a rat snake as they share common range and the black coloration on the back. The key feature of distinguishing the, these two apart is the white chin on the North American racer. Within Iowa, these harmless snakes usually live down in southern counties due to the topography. The North American racers thrive in oak savannas and old mature forests that have a blend of tall grasses and rocky outcroppings. The dense sites are usually put in the rocky outcroppings so they can store their eggs and keep them from predation. But within their preferred habitats, they're diminishing and being fragmented, which leads to a lack of dense sites, which leads to a competition that's really high in areas like these for all of the snakes that live in the com- the ecosystem. But for this snake, they're uncommonly friendly when it comes to sharing the dens with other snakes. And when a den is shared, this is known as communal hypernaphilum. So let's take a step back. There's a lack of cover, the land is being fragmented, and all of the snakes are being kind of pushed into the same area to have all of their eggs in the same den. So that means when the eggs are hatched, all of the snakes are going to be within the same range and probably will not exceed too far because there's a lack of dense sites. So this leads to the food that all the snakes eat. Well, the North American racer has a really diverse palate. It'll scale the trees and raid bird nests for the eggs. They'll eat small insects, tree frogs, and even down in the grassy cover, they actively feed on rodents and toads and basically anything that moves. But when their range is limited to about a mile from the dense site and the forests are heavily fragmented, it leads the species to all of the forest edge or it leads them all to the same spots out in the forest. Which leads to, I think, the most curious and lucrative foraging foraging habit that they have. And here's the kicker. The North American racers, they eat snakes. They'll eat all of the other snakes that were in the same den as them, or they'll go out and they'll actively forage on juvenile North American racers. So I think this is where everything kind of comes together. One, if their forests are shrinking and being fragmented, there's less land for them to be in, which two, leads them all to be in the same nesting sites. Three, they all compete for the same food source. So four, It's easier enough for the North American racers to look at all of this and the fact that they do consume a a wide variety of animals and insects 
they just think why not den up with all these different snakes that have a smaller home range than themselves and that can easily be preyed on. So it's kind of like the North American racers are hibernating with their own buffet. So even though these snakes are sneaky about how they survive, they're resilient and adapt to these to their homes disappearing. I think there is so much more to learn from these curious snakes. They're teaching us quickly about what areas are in dire need of restoration and management. So thank you so much for listening to our short and sweet podcast. Remember that a good conversation includes a little conservation.